So, happy Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I think it's like the best holiday. Christmas is good too. Easter's good. There are lots of good holidays, but I like Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving because I like I like that the city, I like that the country and the world, or maybe not the whole world, but like a lot of the world is entering into a time of thankfulness. I think it's one of the best ways to be. One of the most healing attitudes that we can have is to be grateful. And today, we had a meeting a few people from the church and it was pointed out to me that we I've never spoken on tithing I've never spoken on giving I've spoken on money and that might seem weird to you that a preacher would speak on money a couple times but never have spoken on giving it away um, and I did that I spoke on money and kind of the blessing that I don't know what I said but that was a while ago but I wanted to t- speak about giving because giving is a really big deal and I thought then we were having this meeting and I thought hey Thanksgiving that is a perfect time to speak about, about giving and about uh, giving to God. So I'm going to rectify things and we're going to talk about it today. I'm going to sp- we've been speaking out of the book of Revelation, so I'm going to speak about tithing, I'm going to speak about giving out of the book of Revelation. Because we've been speaking out of Revelation, but also because, as been, has been the theme, one of the best places to get revelation about how God really wants us to operate is to speak out of the revelation in the book of Revelation. Because that is the place where you can see how God wants it to be in the clearest sense. It's not tainted by sin. And I think that there's lots of revelation in the Bible that we can go to about giving. But today, I wanted to focus on that, and I think that it needs to be focused on. Because it's very rarely talked about. We don't normally talk about giving out of the book of Revelation. So I think it's exciting. We will be giving to God. You might think tithing is one of the things that will pass away. You might think that giving is one of the things that will pass away. Like there's different things that's going to... Faith will pass away. We won't need faith like we need it now in heaven. Giving will not pass away. We will get used to it. Enter into giving because giving will be with us, I believe, for eternity. We will be giving to God... For eternity, And I get this out of Revelation. Revelation 4.9. So I'll read that for you. If you turn to, that's the base scripture for today. Revelation 4.9. And this is the passage that describes the throne of God. And verse 9 talks about the way tithing will look before the throne. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, who I would argue are human beings, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Giving was designed. Giving is something that was chosen. It's not something... When you look at our world and you look at the way we operate with God, you might get into this feeling like, oh, that was an accident. I usually try to reorient myself to the fact that God is very powerful. And he doesn't have to do things in the way that he's done them, but he has. He created giving. 
and it's chosen, and it's still there in heaven. Now, you might think, why would we have to give to God in heaven when he has everything he needs already? It's odd to be in heaven and give things to God. And it even says it in the passage, For you created all things, and by your will they, were, they existed and were created. Now if you think about it, if things are all there in heaven and we're giving to God, that might seem strange, but it's actually the same as it is now. That's not a difference. In heaven it's just more obvious that everything was created by God, and that we're giving things that already belong to him back to him. Like he gave the elders the crowns, they give the crowns back. It's obvious. Here, I think it could be obvious, but it's not as clear to most people that everything already belonged to him and everything that we give him, he already gave to us. So if you're saying to yourself, well, in heaven, why would we tithe when God doesn't need anything and everything was given by God? Then I would say, well, why do we tithe on earth when God doesn't need anything and everything we give has already been given to us by him? It's the same thing. It's just more clear in heaven. In that way, giving doesn't pass away. It's not like God needs our money now and doesn't need it then. He doesn't need our money now. He doesn't need our money then. Giving, what am I thankful for this Thanksgiving? I'm thankful for the tithe. So maybe you're thinking I'm thankful that you're going to give a tithe. I'm not saying that. I'm thank giving itself is a gift. It's the title of today's message. Giving itself is a gift that was given to us. I'm thankful that we can give to God. And if, if you get one thing from today, that's it. Giving itself is a gift. And just to kind of let yourself sit in the reality that you get to give to God. Just, like if you just let your imagination dwell on that for a little while, it becomes more and more incredible the more you think about it. That God created a system, a way of relating to him, where we give to him. I could just imagine God back, way back. And I imagine him like myself, because that's my reference point. And I remember, imagine him sitting in my chair that I sit in when I think. And I imagine him thinking about how he would create the universe. And he's thinking, how do I want to interact with my people for eternity? Now, I don't think he actually sat in my chair, and I don't think he thought the way I thought about this. But I know the answer to the question. When he asked the question of himself, how do I want to interact with my people? He thought of giving. I'm going to give them something, and they're going to give it back to me. And then I'm going to give it back to them, and then they're going to give it back to me. And then I'm going to give it back to them, and then they're going to give it back to me. And he saw that as something that would happen in heaven. And we have a version of that here on earth. We have a shadow of it. I'll give you an example with children. 
It's like going to the mall with your kids and giving them money in order to buy you a present. Right? We've done that. Here, I'm going to give you my money and you're going to buy me a present. How selfish of you! Right? Like that's what we sometimes think about God. Oh, he gives us money and then he taxes us. He makes us give it back. Is it selfish to give your kids money to give you a present? Ask, ask yourself that. Is it selfish to give your kids money to go into the mall and think about you and buy you a present? I don't think so. I call it good parenting. How would it feel for them at Christmas if they didn't have a present for you? Just imagine that. So what is it? You kind of have this sense maybe right now. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Give your kids money so that they can buy you a present. But logically, it looks really selfish. Like if you just look at it from a distance, it looks really, really selfish. I'm going to give you money and you're going to buy me something. It better be good. Like what is that? Isn't that ego? It is unless you realize the psychology behind giving and receiving. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Acts 20, 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, so he's quoting Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So that's psychology. We are more blessed to give than to receive. This is actually a fairly regular thing that I run into in my practice, is this confusion around giving and receiving. People want to give to others because it's kind, but they don't understand that receiving from others is also kind, potentially kinder in certain circumstances. In order to give, like to give to somebody is psychologically fairly simple. If I give to somebody, I feel good. It's about that simple. I feel self-esteem. I feel empowered. I feel purpose. I feel good about myself. Honored to do this for you. If I receive... It's psychologically complicated. It's challenging. If I receive from somebody, I feel indebted, dependent, weak, needy, worthless, potentially. Low humility might be another way to say it. But it's like this, oh, I have to. Just imagine somebody going and lining up for at the food bank. Imagine somebody on the street knocking on your wind car window for money. It's psychologically very challenging to do that. It destroys a person if they engage in that too much. It destroys their identity. It changes it. Receiving is really challenging. There's a culture an uh, indigenous culture in BC, I don't know if it still exists, but I remember learning about it in university, and they had what was called blanket wars. And they would decide who was going to be the leader of the village. 
And when they were deciding who was going to be the leader of the village, they would have a blanket war. And what they would do is that the contenders would give blankets. And the goal was to, I'm not sure if it was literal, but they described it as breaking or squashing the other person with how many blankets you could give them. And the person who gave more blankets got to be the leader. It's dominance to give. It's power to give. It's a, it's a position of privilege. I remember some missionaries going to an eastern country, very impoverished, and they brought a bottle of Coke as a gift. And the family received the bottle of Coke, and they ate together. And the family then cut off all communication after that meeting. Because there was no way that they could reciprocate that gift. They were crushed by the blanket. They were humiliated because they couldn't stay on the same level as that person. So that's the psychology of it. Now, how does it work in the kingdom? When we receive, this just makes so much sense in the kingdom of God. Receiving is simple in the kingdom of God. It's not easy, but it's simple. God's big. Still, people don't. It's hard. God's big, and we messed up, and he forgives us. We receive that. It actually, it's quite challenging, but it's such a common, like it's like such a bread and butter church message that we just understand receiving from God. We're weak. He's strong. We receive it can't earn it. It's fairly unique to Christianity in some ways that we just receive this salvation without having to work for it. Most people want a religion that where they have to work for it because it gives them something. It gives them this self-esteem boost that I can work for something. I'm powerful. I'm powerful enough to earn my salvation. We have to receive and it creates and requires humility. It creates humility and it requires humility to walk into the presence of God. There's nothing wrong with this, but it is humbling. It lowers you. You become the man on the street, knocking on the window, asking for money. You are in this position of nothing and you have to ask somebody more powerful than yourself to save you. It's not very consistent with the North American independent ideal where we can do everything for ourselves. It's the same thing. Very psychologically complicated to receive salvation. And you can imagine the Christian sitting there crushed by the blanket. God crushes us with the blanket. I will give you everything. And we sit there humbled. Yes, we will receive it. But God made us and he knows how our psychology works. And he doesn't leave us under the blanket. Because in the kingdom of God there is also giving. And this is something that is hard to understand. This is something that we have difficulty grasping. Because we're so in the position under the blanket... We're under this blanket and we're like, oh, you gave to me, I'm nothing, right? And it's just like, oh. And then he says, give to me, and it's like, you're right, I need to give you everything because I'm nothing. And that's not what we're supposed to do. 
That's wrong. Like, that's not the spirit. We're not supposed to be coming to God and saying, yes, like, I'm nothing, so I will give to you, and I am going to give it to you because I'm nothing, and I'm going to, you don't care really, but like, oh. That's this kind of down giver. And it looks like God is kind of like collecting a tax. You made a mistake, so you have to give me something now. You're in debt, but you have to give me something. So you have to give it to me. But remember, we can't earn salvation. We're not in debt. He paid it all. We're not under this debt anymore. So we don't have to pay our way out of it. He's not taxing us. God isn't greedy and God doesn't need our money. So we put these human ideas on him. It's not the way he works. And he knows that we're crushed under this blanket, so he gives us this opportunity to rise up in our new identity and do something completely, like, confounding. Completely confounding. We give something to God. It makes almost no sense. Somebody in his position should be insulted to receive anything from us. In human psychological terms, it makes no sense that we would be able to give something to God. It's rubbish to him. It should be rubbish. It's like we kill your son... We can't do anything right and we get to give you some, a gift and you... And what, how does he receive it? He actually receives it. He's actually touched by it. He is affected emotionally by you and your gift to him. And it's so weird to think about it that way that we forget that part. We come at it normally like he is just... Like we have to do it. It's this requirement to stay in the kingdom. And the amazing thing is that it touches his heart, and if we approach it the right way, realizing that it's touching his heart, it actually heals our heart, because he's picking us up from under the blanket. He's picking us up, and he's saying, you are with me, and I will actually allow you to interact with me. You will actually give to me, and I will give to you, and we're going to work almost on this, like, almost... It's not the same level, but it's like amazingly close. Incredibly close. We're at his throne. We're elders around his throne. It's like baffling and almost still feels sacrilegious to talk about ourselves in the way that he describes us. So what is the right way to give? 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Get up out of the blankets that I crushed you with, this beautiful gift that was overwhelming your psychology to make you humble, and now get up and interact with me as a son, as a chosen one. Don't stay down there. You were down there. You entered the kingdom. Let me tell you something. 
When God designed us, salvation took this centerpiece. But his plan, the, the plan, included salvation. Like, I get that the story includes salvation. But the design of a human being wasn't to labor under salvation. Right? Salvation was something that happened that God fixed. It's like a broken pipe. Was the pipe designed to be broken? No, it's designed to let water flow through it. So this pipe gets broken and it's fixed and we make that the centerpiece of our lives with him? It's like, yeah, it got fixed. Are we thankful? Yes. But let's enter into the design of what we were actually meant to do. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. I'm not trying to minimize it at all. It's incredible that he fixed it. But we were designed to be a pipe. And the function of the pipe was to be in heaven, casting our crowns down before him. Our, our design was to walk in the garden with God. That's what we're supposed to go back to functioning as. So don't get hung up on the path to going back to the garden. Lord, thank you for the path back to the garden. Don't stay on the path to the garden. Step on the path to the garden, cross the bridge, and then enter into your destiny in the garden, in heaven, as a son again. A fixed pipe, and then function that way. Now, I hear as a pastor this question, not against the question, kind of am against the question, which is, how much do you have to give? It's a very awkward question for me. It's just, it's awkward, like, as a pastor, because it's kind of coming to me, right? So I have to kind of get over that. And it's like, no, it's not coming to me, it's coming to God. But it's not just that, like, human awkwardness of people asking me, how much do I have to give? I think it's, like, awkward for God, too. I feel that. Like, I I feel that as a message from God. It's like, it's kind of awkward to ask me how much you have to give. Like, don't ask me that question. It's like, just imagine this interaction with God, and and you're like, how much do I have to give? And he's like, 20 bucks. And he's like, okay, you know, give me 20 bucks. It's like, sheesh, why are you asking me this? It's like awkward. I don't want you to give me 20 bucks because I told you to give me 20 bucks. It's just kind of like, the question kind of comes from... Like, I get the question, I get the question can come from a good place. Like, I get that. But just fundamentally, this question of how much do I have to give starts in this wrong kind of place, generally, this wrong attitude. And so then the answer kind of feels wrong. It's like, how much do I have to give? Ah, how mu-? And then I say, like, you have to give 20 bucks. Ah, that doesn't sound right. I don't, that's not the answer. And then you give, give 20 bucks and it's like, okay, well, that wasn't fun for either of us. That didn't feel good. It's not a tax. It's not an audit. What's the question that you should be asking? It's not how much do I have to give. The question should be how much can I give? Lord, how much will you allow me to give to your kingdom? That's the question that should bubble up. When you contemplate the idea that God is touched by your money, that you can stand before the um, the great I am on his throne with his fiery eyes and the rainbow around him on the sea of glass, and you ask, Lord, how much do I have to give you? It's awkward. I don't know another word for it. It's like, 
Do you see the sea of glass that's burning around you? Do you see the creatures in my presence falling down? And you ask me, 20 bucks? It's like, yeah, 20 bucks. I don't know. Like, I think you're missing the show. I think you're missing who I am. I think you're missing the fact that I'm actually touched by the fact that you gave me something. And what I think what the appropriate thing that we're going to say when we get to heaven is, can I give you everything? Is that okay? God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Again, I think it's awkward for him. I don't know if awkward is the right word. I don't want to put words in God's mouth. He never said awkward in the Bible. But the way it kind of goes back and forth in the Bible where he's like, he kind of takes these different approaches to people and he's like, okay. It's like he doesn't really ask for a tithe and people start tithing and then he says, now you have to tithe and then kind of gets messed up and then he's like a cheerful giver and then he, and then he gives this revelation of the, of the throne of God and like throwing down all the crowns and it's like, I think the greatest revelation is just people giving everything to him. And everything else is just kind of like him trying to figure out how to work this out with you because you keep asking him questions that don't make sense. Like, how much do I have to give you? And then he's like, okay, fine, 10%. Is that to solve it? Like, does that help you? But really, I want a cheerful giver. Really, you should be in heaven throwing everything down before you, but it's just a little awkward to force you to because you should just get it. You should just get it. You know what? Don't give me anything. Just sit in my presence for a little while. Maybe it'll come to you on how you should approach me. Maybe you don't know me if you're asking that question. Maybe you don't really get this whole thing. Luke 10, 27. And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And, and the Lord said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. We're supposed to love him with all of our strength. All of our strength. Our strength is our money and other things. One of the big parts, though, is money. How do you do things in our life? Yeah, sometimes you lift something up. Sometimes you write something down. Everything is strength. I get it. But money is a big one. It's how we exchange strength with other people. It's how we accumulate strength. You're not supposed to love him with part of your strength. You're supposed to love him with everything, all of your strength, all of your money. Luke 21, Jesus looked and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box, and he saw a widow put in two small copper coins, and he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty, she put in all that she had to live on. She put in everything, and Jesus was impressed. She gets it. You guys are all go ahead and you do your tithe. She's the one who understands what's really happening here. I gave you some guidelines so that you guys can kind of try to understand, like level one understanding me, like you should probably be giving to me. Like, here, here's the money. Go to the mall, buy me a present. Level one. What really should happen is a grateful child in the end who grows up and takes you out for dinner and says, Dad, thank you for everything you did for me. It's not going out and taking your 20 bucks to buy you a present. That's supposed to help you to understand what's going on. Tithing's supposed to help you to understand what's going on, to engage in it, to start to engage in it. But it's not really what they... The, the elders didn't give a tenth of their crown. They didn't go and say, hey, 
10% did it. That was glorious. Love the living creatures. Here's a tithe. I'm not against tithing. But I also don't, we don't live under tithe. We live under gifts. We live under what Jesus taught about this. Tithing was a governmental law that we don't live under anymore. And I do think that we can learn about God's heart from it because he made it so important to give that he actually legislated for when he was running this country of, Israel, of the Israelites. But he actually wants your heart. He wants a cheerful giver. Okay. Now the one thing about this is it's not actually to give him everything. It's even potentially worse than that. You have to keep giving to him. And you have to keep giving him everything. I don't know how the elders get their crowns back, but they get their crowns back and they have to throw them down again. Have to is the wrong word. They throw them down again. This is a constant thing. We're going to be doing it forever. So you can give him everything and then you're like, am I done? No. You get to do it again. So the question you might ask me is like, really, Cyrus? Really, how much do I have to give? Let me ask you this. If you had a child, and your child was walking around running into things, would you buy them glasses? Yeah, of course you would. Let's say that God sees me walking around, banging into things. Would he want me to buy myself glasses? We don't work under a bad dad. We work under a dad who loves us. Part of loving God and giving everything to God is to buy yourself some glasses. Buying your kids some glasses. Some of you may be terrified to think of thinking about all of your money and then giving it to God to rule over. That's terrifying. If you're terrified by that, then you need to reorient your view of God. It's not terrifying to give him the rulership over your money because he loves you more than you love yourself. Can you imagine if my kid, Simeon, or my kid, Anna, went out and they had a family and they came to me and they said, Hey, Dad, here's 20 bucks. Oh, thanks. I feel really good that you gave me 20 bucks. Like, you're appreciating me. And it's like, thank you. Like, you don't have to do that, but it's really nice. And they're like, yeah, I didn't feed my kids tonight. I got you 20 bucks because I didn't feed them. Be like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Worse yet, I didn't give them dinner and I gave you the 20 bucks instead. And then I told them that you wanted me to do that. I told them that Cyrus said to do that. Cyrus doesn't want you to eat tonight. He wants the money instead. Like my level of being horrified would be multiplied. You did that in my name. You did that on my behalf. You starved your children for me on my behalf. You blamed that on me. God loves your family. He loves you. I'll give you an example of how much he loves you. So you know how there's a tithe and we all talk about 10%. Well, the tithe was actually 23%, roughly. 23.333. Anyway, it's like 23%. Tithe to God was 10%. Every third year, there's probably a debate around this. My best understanding is it's 23%. Every third year, there was a tithe to the poor. 
So that's the 3%. What's the other 10%? Because it's 10, 10, and then the 10% every third year, which brings you to 23%. All the math people are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh. So there's 10% to God. Then there was also 10% for festivals. You were supposed to tithe to your dinner. You were supposed to tithe to yourself. You tithe to God 10%, and then he's like, and I want you to spend money on yourself. I want you to spend money on your kids. I want you to spend money on your family, and I want you to do that in my name. I don't want you to starve your family in my name. I want you to go out and party in my name. Go and eat it yourself. And they're like, I want to save it. No, you go and party in my name because I love you. He legislated parties. So if you want to know God's heart and how he rules over your money, you can look at the way that he governed Israel a little bit. Like you can look at that and understand, yeah, he gave to the poor every third year, 10%. He gave to the church. He gave to his mission. He gave to God 10%. And he wants you to have fun in his name. He doesn't want you to starve your kids in his name. He doesn't want you to go without shoes in his name. He wants you to go and party in his name. The way I think about money, when I spend money, and I don't do it perfectly, please, I have enough trouble looking at my own life and deciding if I'm doing this well. So if you looked at my life and judged my life, sure, like you'd find some holes, 100%. I don't do it perfectly, but I'm gonna tell you what I try to do. And I really do. I, I'm pretty good at this. I'm pretty aware of my failings. If there's one thing I watch, God has made me a Cyrus, and I believe that that is a, like a kingdom Cyrus. Like, I'm very aware of money. It's my gift, and it's also, um, so it's a place I watch. It's a place I'm more aware of than maybe most people, and I try to redeem it because it can become ugly. But this is something that I am aware of. Every dollar that leaves my house, I'm not good at budgeting, but I do think about all the things that we spend on. And my mind is constantly asking this question. God, what do you want with my money? And I'm like looking at something that's really like we're doing for my kids that I never thought I would spend money on. And it's like, oh, it's so extravagant. And then I'm like, but we're doing it for this reason and this reason. Our kids have this personality. And I know that other kids don't have this, but these are my kids and I'm supposed to love them. And I think this is what's really going to be best for them. And I ache for all the money going out, but I also want to love my kids the way that I believe God loves them. And he has enough money for everybody. I pray for others. I give to others too. But we, and another model that I've used for myself, and you can adopt it if you like. It's not in the Bible, but it's kind of based, I think, on biblical principles somewhat well. It's a good starting place. Is kind of like a military. Ah, oh, it's not great. I almost feel bad saying it. I'll, I'll tell you, and then we'll try to edit it a little bit after. It's kind of like the military. The military spends extravagantly. They really do. They buy really expensive things for the mission. They do. They buy billion-dollar piece items for the mission. They buy clothing that they need to function well. 
they exercise to become healthy, to be able to perform the mission. I think you can go a little off with this thinking. I really do. Like, you can go to an extreme. But it just gives you this picture where it's like, it's for the kingdom. Can you spend a lot of money? Yeah. I want so much money to flow through my account. I pray for more money to flow through my account. I want God's mission to be really well funded. And I want him to trust me to spend it the way he wants to. It's not about saving money. It's about being extravagant for him. But I do think, I think the army parties, I don't really know that. It's probably that's where the analogy kind of falls down is the festivals because I don't think they party correctly and they probably do it all wrong. So the party part kind of falls apart with the analogy, but we're also supposed to just love ourselves. And that's probably the part that I have the most trouble with in myself is like, how do I actually just enjoy stuff? I'm more of a, a military mindset that comes more naturally to me. So just kind of like the being beautiful part, like the throne and the beauty, Natasha's in charge of that part. Like, I don't know how to do that and like feel okay about it. But I know that he also, like we're a reflection of him and he's okay with us being beautiful. Like he's okay with beauty and, and, Okay, so at the end of the day, what you're really doing, and God's going to put a different mission and a different guideline on each one of you, is I want you to submit your money to God. I want you to submit your money to God. Revelation 4, 9. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. We're going to be giving everything to God for the rest of eternity. He's going to be giving to us for the rest of eternity, and we're going to be giving it back to him. And it balances us. It helps us to have purpose and self-esteem. Johan, come on back. Up. I'm so thankful for forgiveness but we were designed for so much more than just to be forgiven. That's the path into his glory. But we were designed to live in something greater. We were designed to receive glory from God. Isn't that weird? He glorifies us. He crowns us with crowns made by him. He lights us up and clothes us. Then... Like, you can't really give God gold in heaven because it's like paving stone. But we give him the glory that he gave us. The one thing that we can give him is what he's given us, that glory that he gave us, our relationship with him. The crown is a symbol of our relationship with him, what we've done for him and how he honors it. It's a relational giving. This Thanksgiving... I want you to think about what you're thankful for. And I want you to consider being thankful that you're in a place where you can give to God. 
that God has raised you up to a place where he gives to you and you have the honor and the privilege to touch his heart and have him smile at you and say thank you. I am so thankful that God says thank you to me 